So just before the show starts, we always want to try to add value to our listeners. So today we have a free offer for you. If you'd like to go to a URL, which I will share with you at the end of the show, uh, you will be able to download my free book called Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience. So stay tuned after the show for the URL. Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So, Ryan, at the weekend, I, I, I went up to a casino, which is something I rarely do, uh, and I won $250. How about that? That is something that is even more rare. Absolutely. And then the next day, I, I've seen this new fishing reel that I thought to myself, yeah, I've always fancied getting that fishing reel. So I, I thought, I'll go and spend that money on it. And I went and bought this fishing reel, and it's really good. So I, I know we're talking today a bit about mental accounting and proportioning money and resources. So maybe tell our listeners what, what's happening there. So I'm sure you've heard these uh, sayings. I remember my mom told me one. I'm sure I'm going to paraphrase it wrong. But people give this advice about found money, right? Yep. So, uh, and, and a lot of times we, we categorize casino winnings in that way. Like this is money that we weren't expecting to have. And so we, we got this tax return or, or we won this money at the casino or uh, we found extra money in our pocket. Um, and and we tend to act differently towards that money than we do other money. Um, and we all do this to the extent that uh, it's probably not surprising for me to say that. Like, well, of course we act differently towards it. But we we kind of shouldn't, right? I mean, it, that's one of the properties of money is that it's fungible. We, sh- we can use it in any number of different ways. It's, it's this universal medium of exchange. And that means that money should just be money. But for you... Colin, the, the money that you won at the casino, that was different somehow. Yeah. Uh, the money that you get in your Christmas bonus is it just feels different than the money that you get in your paycheck. And that's that's the key insight behind this the whole field of research called uh, mental accounting. Is that so we, they, sorry, go. Oh, just the, we, we tend to keep books in our head um, and we account for money in different ways and we allocate it to different mental accounts. And that means that we treat money differently um, depending on how we've thought about it so back in the day when I was in corporate life um, if we used to get a you know you hit certain targets get a bonus basically uh, and if and if you overstretched and you'd get a bigger bonus but we always as a family when all right that bonus is our big vacation each year mm-hmm. um and therefore you know if we got bigger bonus it just meant we went on a more expensive um vacation so yeah and it's that's so the mental common, accounting yeah it's so common to do that we don't even think that there's anything weird about it um but it can lead to weird situation. So um, let me give you an example of one of the early studies that were done on mental accounting. Uh, this is actually a Kahneman and Tversky study. Um, so they uh, they asked people to imagine that they were going to go to a play. Uh, and in one condition, they had bought the ticket to the play already for $10. And the other condition, they hadn't bought the ticket for the play yet. Um, they go to the show up and they reach in their pocket and discover that the ticket that they bought is missing. It's lost. Or 
the $10 that they had set aside to buy the ticket is lost. In what, what do you do in both of those cases? So in, in the case where the ticket was lost, they found that some significant portion of the people said, all right, well, I guess if the ticket's lost, I'm going to go home. Like, I'm not going to buy a second ticket yeah, for the same like play. Double the amount. That's right. That seems wasteful. Um, in the other condition where people had lost the money, people still said, well, that's a bummer. I lost some money, but I'm still going to go ahead and buy the ticket and go and see it. Those should be the same sure. situation. You know, you're still out $10. In this case, it was $10 worth of tickets or $10 cash. But it changed the behavior that people had because they accounted for those two um, two values differently. So it's not necessarily from a um, – it's not saying I've got a savings account and a current account. It's more from a – uh, I'm I've allocated this money to I don't know I've allocated this money to have a good time and I've allocated that money to pay the bills is that makes sense it's, it's really flexible so uh, sometimes it is like uh, saving versus spending I know I want to put aside this much money this month and so even if I haven't put it in the bank yet I've kind of mentally set it aside um, but it's it, human beings are wonderfully flexible animals and so we might have budgeted down to the point where it's like, all right, I've got an entertainment budget, I've got a clothing budget, and people show reluctance to borrow from one account to spend in another account. If I've already spent my entertainment dollars this month, then I'll just be sad if my favorite band comes to play a surprise concert because I don't have money in that budget, even though I could just buy less clothing this month in order to make up for it. People often will do that. Um, it can even get down to the, the case they've found mental accounting effects in the way that we eat cookies. So uh, they, there was this fun experiment that some researchers ran where they gave people uh, uh, cookies in, in a box. And uh, some people got cookies that arbitrarily had um, wax paper in between the cookies every five cookies or every ten cookies or every one cookie. And those wax paper dividers changed the way that people ate cookies. Essentially, once you started onto some compartment of cookies, so some five cookies in between two yeah, pieces yeah. of wax paper, you were going to finish all five of those cookies. So, so right. once you kind of opened that little account of cookies, you're going to, you're going to open. And, and yet people showed a resistance to moving on to the next one a little bit. So if you had to, you had to remove that paper and, and, and move open kind of I'm putting in this in air quotes that you can't see because we're in, in a podcast, open <laughs> that account of cookies. Yeah. Um, in some ways that was, that was aversive. People didn't like to do that. Uh, and so this is very, very flexible. People account for these things in all kinds of different ways. So I was watching, um, people are going to think I'm, 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 um, I'm a gambler now. Um, but I was watching People have this. already formed their opinions about Stalin. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, so I was watching this film the other night, um, uh, and it was based around a casino. And this guy um, was relating a story. He said this guy had won. Um, he'd got $60, and he placed $60 on a poker table. And then, um, you know, the long and short of it is he went up, and he, and he, he ended up winning you know, $150,000, you know, from the $60. And then he did one last bet and he bet the whole lot and he lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And the interesting thing is they said, well, you know, what was it like losing that amount of money? And he said, well, all I lost was $60. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's it, right? So part of the reason that this um, found money feels different, I mean, most of us would not react quite that healthily. No, to I agree with you. Losing that. But the the fact is the reason that we treat it differently is because we haven't incorporated it into our whatever savings account or our ownership account. It still feels different. If you took that bonus check and put it into your account via direct deposit and, you know, thought about, all right, well, we're not going to think about spending anything till the end of the month. And then we're going to look at what we've got the month. Once it becomes kind of mentally intermixed with the rest of our funds, then we, we don't think of it differently. We don't treat it in a different way. It's because we segregate these things out mentally that we, we do. We spend in some weird ways. Let Beyond Philosophy help you discover what your customers really want, not what they say they want, by uncovering the hidden drivers of value in your customer experience to create real ROI. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. So I presume this also applies to other things other than money. So I'm I'm sitting here thinking of time. So yeah. if I then think to myself, you know, I'm going to spend two hours a day doing this, you know, I'm going to spend an hour exercising or whatever it may be, uh, then I presume it must must apply to that because suddenly you find, I don't know, the, the gym's shut and you've now got an hour on your hand and how do you spend the hour? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um and in fact, there's um, there's been some really cool research uh, done by a very good friend of mine that people will not believe is a very good friend of mine because I don't pronounce her name right. Um, huh. She's French, um, and so her name her name is uh, Anleur Cellier, which she tells me every time I try to say it, I'm mispronouncing. Oh, um, right. But there she's she's this uh, wonderful, brilliant uh, uh, psychologist in, in France, and she and some colleagues have done research on um, the fact that people think about time differently and then that affects the way that they mentally account for time. So there, there are some of us who think in a very orderly fashion about time. So like, for example, um, you know, if, if you were planning out your day, it's all right, well, first I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to, um, to clean the house for a little while and then I'm going to go into work and then I'm going to do go to lunch for this. And there are other people that just kind of think about time in terms of having stuff they want to get done. Um, and those people are much more flexible in the way that they treat time. So if, if you are a very regimented thinker about time and you go to the gym and the gym's closed, you kind of don't know what to do with yourself. You sure. have a difficult, difficulty moving on to the next task because you had already allocated this time for the gym. And, uh, and that throws you off. I'm kind of this way about time. Like I, I need to, to pre-plan and have things in order. And if, if my schedule's thrown off, then I become much less efficient that day. Whereas yeah. other people, it's like, oh, well, the gym's closed. Let's go ahead and do uh, item number four on our list. And then we can kind of come back it through. So yeah, people do allocate for time in a very similar way. We, we budget our time in ways that are parallel to the ways we budget our money. And I guess it must be, I mean, that's where we start talking about quality time, isn't it? Yeah. And and no, I'm not going to do I'm not going to take this business phone call at the time when I'm playing with the kids or or whatever. Um, yeah. 
because of 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 those types of things. Because the way so, we budget it, yeah. So, Ryan, what does this mean then? Would you say from a customer experience perspective? So there are a couple of different ways we could look at this. Um, one, knowing that people account for money and time in this way, we can anticipate how that might change the way that they uh, evaluate the customer experience that they're having. So um, are people going to be grumpier about spending money for this purchase, this customer experience, because we may be playing around with funds that they might have dedicated to something? else and so therefore they're considering the price unreasonable from that perspective are they going to be accounting for their time differently than we than we might anticipate are we taking time away from some other account that they have uh, the other insight that that this gives us um, there's actually a field of uh, mental accounting research that's um, uh, talks about accounting as being actually double entry mental accounting bookkeeping so this gets very sophisticated right. But the simple idea is part of mental accounting is that that people have people experience this pain of payment. So it's difficult for us to pay for things and then the pleasure of consumption and that we there are various tactics that we use to couple those things tightly together or to decouple them and experience them separately. So one of the appealing parts of credit cards is that they decouple the pain of payment from the pleasure of consumption. So this is good from a. Uh, an experience perspective because we just get the upside and we can worry about the downside later. It's very bad from a customer finance perspective because that leads to irresponsible spending. Um, But there are opportunities like this around experiences. So uh, is it good to um, have people experience kind of the good separate from the bad or should we kind of couple them together and get them to experience it all at the same time? Um, mental accounting says that that these decisions matter and they'll affect the overall experience that people have. So I, I guess part of this then for me is about uh, how can you, well, understanding again, which category you're being put in by customers. And obviously that may change. Um, but I guess the other part for me is around if you are in one category, you know, entertainment category, and that's a low budget area, then what can you do to move it into another category? Um, So I guess that clearly the first thing there is to understand where you actually are. Uh, But the second thing becomes um, uh, in the messaging and the, the, yeah, the messages that you're giving to, um, customers about you know um which category you're in and where should you be moving to but i guess it's a just again becomes a problem of of change doesn't it yeah i mean mean, to your your point there is flexibility in this so if you can characterize your purchase in one way versus another then that can help facilitate um which mental budget you you take the funds from and provide you with a lot more flexibility. So, you know, are you framing your your customer experience as more of an educational experience or more of an entertainment experience um, or more of a social experience? People may have different budgets allocated for that. Whereas, you know, if it's entertainment, that's one thing. But if I'm single, I might have a separate budget for uh, dating experiences, dating expenses because that's more of a social activity. Um, and so 
the, the degree to which you can frame those in different ways might actually open up different mental accounts for people, and they may be more or less willing to spend money in that way. And there are, I guess, a couple of things that sort of stem from that. One is um, the the level of importance of the account that they're budgeting for right. can be different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what's the level of importance of it? The The other thing that made me think was some of the apps that you get, budgeting apps, I mean, mm. clearly got physically, you right. can turn around and go, this is in your entertainment budget, this is in your whatever budget. Uh, and it always reminds me, remind, here we go, it reminds me of Twix. Interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listening. So Twix. I used to work for um, Mars Confectionery back in the day, literally back in the day when I when I when I um, um, uh, left school. Um, and um, Twix uh, it has always has always been a confectionery product, but they wanted to treat it as a biscuit or we would call it biscuit snack mm. product like a Kit Kat. Right, right. So one of the reasons that Kit Kat sells so well is because they actually put it in, in the sort of not just in the snack environment. So the you know along with biscuits to have a, have along with a cup of tea or oh, cup of coffee or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and they were trying to put Twix up against that, and there was so it was sort of it. Well, people are seeing it as a confectionery product, but actually the organisation was trying to go. Yeah, but it's not just a confectionery product. It's it's also a, a snack biscuit type product that um um or cookie. I should be saying cookie. There you go. I'm now speaking American. If I say cookie, um, a, a cookie type. We, we don't say confectionery either. We say candy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll translate for the home audience. Yeah, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but I I guess it's it's how first of all where are you mentally accounting secondly what's the importance of that you know because actually maybe the entertainment budget is the first thing that's going to get cut if there's a problem uh and the 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 last thing is then can you actually shift it to a an account that actually is going to be you're going to spend more money on or is going to be secured more or or whatever yeah no i mean i think it's a fantastic example i think that people tend to have um smaller budgets for candy purchases on average than they would for um you know cookie purchases on average and so you know if you, if you go to the store and spend you know ten dollars on candy that's a sign of gluttony and you're a terrible person if you spend ten dollars on cookies well you know you, that's just cookies as a snack for your family uh, yeah. and so there may be lots of categories like that where if you shift people around in terms of of how they think about your offering it may open up an entirely new situation for you yeah and, and actually just as a bit of an insight that's where they're like the multi-packs come in because mm-hmm. they used to sell them as people would buy kit kats you know not just one but you know buy them for the week as it were because they knew they were going to sit down every day and have a that's have right. a break have a kit kat as they say that's right yeah i mean if it's something that goes with with tea then it it's responsible to buy it in a multi-pack if it's candy then buying it in a multi-pack is a sign of like weakness that you're yeah. just a bad person. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very similar idea. Uh, I mean, it, one of the things that I would emphasize is um, just how powerful some of these arbitrary categories can be. You talked about these budgeting apps. I think that that's a way that people can take these mental accounts and make them more concrete. 
um, there are people who advise uh, on budgetary issues, like how to help you save money. One of the things they recommend pretty consistently is to um, take out all the your projected spending for the month and take it out in cash and then put it in different envelopes for different of these oh, yeah. budgets. Yeah, um, right? So, you know, this is our restaurant budget and this is it. And then anytime you want to spend, you have to spend the cash and it goes in and out of the envelope. Um, that is so arbitrary, right? I mean, it's a piece of paper. You can sure. tear it. You can move stuff from one to the other. And sure. yet we don't. We seem to love the categories. And sure. so, um, you know, recognize that that people like thinking this way, that it just sure. it makes the world more manageable. And so does that help you understand your own customer experience better? And how are people categorizing the parts of your experience? And how are they categorizing the expenses associated with your experience? And the good thing about that budgeting process is that you're actually taking real cash, so it's real money, yeah. rather than just uh, allocating it to um, uh, allocating it arbitrarily to a, a, a credit card of some description. Yeah, I mean, your your point about you know um, some budgets being more important than others is a good one. The more concrete these budgets become, um, then the more we like to stick to them. So cash in an envelope is really compelling. Uh, throw it on the credit card and let's take care of it at the end of the month becomes very easy to ignore. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, I guess that brings us to the end. Um, so I've just got to go out and uh, fill up my envelopes full of uh, the $250 uh, from the casino that I won um, and try to take back that fishing reel by the sounds of it uh, and then re- and reallocate it to a different budget. And I'm going to go fill envelopes with cookies. <laughs> excellent so thanks everyone for listening today um we hope you'll join us next week uh in between time um if you would like to help us that would be really great um just tell others about the podcast and go on um go on to wherever you got your podcast from and do a review that would really help us it helps push up the rankings and um the good news is we're getting lots more listeners and uh that makes it uh, really exciting for ryan and i to uh to sit here and have these conversations knowing all these good people out there are listening to it so i hope it's useful if you've got suggestions on topics for us to cover let us know we're happy to do that and subscribe because it's just way too much work for you to have to go and download it each week. Go ahead and treat yourself, you know, kick back, subscribe and it'll happen automatically. Good point. Well made as usual. Well done. Okay. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, this is Colleen. I promise to be back with you at the end of the show to download our free book, unlocking the hidden customer experience. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash CX book. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash CX book. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.